back to Judging Book Covers Podcast, a bi-weekly book club podcast where I bring on two guests to talk about a book suggested by one of the guests. This week, I am joined again by Vicki Crossan and Ryan Alexander. How are you both doing? Not too bad. Uh, I, I'm doing pretty good myself. I actually just finished this book last night, so I'm excited to jump into it. Oh, look at you. I finished it <laughs> an hour ago. So <laughs> I got really caught up in the book I was reading wasn't for this so i had to finish that one first but uh vicky um so we read mr darcy's diary by amanda grange at vicky's request vicky what spurred this on well as you may know we read gray last week which was (laughs) (laughs) a book that was written from the opposite perspective of the original book it was based off of So Mr. Darcy's Diary is based, of course, off of Pride and Prejudice from Mr. Darcy's point of view. And I thought that it would be interesting to to have that same sort of parallel book structure. And I actually have not read Pride and Prejudice. Okay. Uh, So this was just as exciting as (laughs) Grey was. (laughs) I don't know if exciting is the right term, but yes. Uh... (laughs) Ryan, have you read Pride and Prejudice? Uh, I have not either. Um, th- so this was kind of a, a fun foray for me. And uh, it, I, I actually really did like the, the pick here, that it, it balanced perfectly that, like, um, two two different books from a male perspective of a female-driven story where the dudes are both asshats, basically. <laughs> super rich asshats. Super rich, yeah. Right. That, that works. Yeah. Um, so have you guys ever seen a Pride and Prejudice movie or is it like completely a story that neither of you knew? I, uh, I looked through the list of, of like adaptations of Pride and Prejudice and, and, and the like. And, uh, I somehow managed to avoid like every single movie and, and like (laughs) every, every bit of media that was an adaptation of this. I, I managed to like, it just never crossed my path like i'd never watched bridget jones's diary or any of that i'm kind of impressed what about you vicky yeah i'd never i'd never seen it either um i've seen a handful of other pieces in the same ilk uh but i i have never seen pride and prejudice either Okay, I'm sorry. Like, I find this... Wow, this is really cool. All right, so really, neither of you have any... Okay. Um, I've read... So we do know that you, as an English literature major, only care about Britlet, right? Yes, (laughs) yes. So all I studied in college is Britlet. So yes, of course, I've read Pride and Prejudice. Um, It's (laughs) honestly been 15 years, at least, since I've read Pride and Prejudice, because... It's one of my least favorite Jane Austen books. Uh, mine's Northanger Abbey. It's the only one that I truly love. Um, I have seen that. <laughs> a movie of that one. It was that great. One. It is. <laughs> I love that one. Uh, so, yeah, there were a few moments where I was like, oh, I don't actually remember this. Um, I don't think the original novel goes all the way up to the point that she's had a baby. So. Right. <laughs> um cool and movie wise wholly suggest um bride and prejudice which is a very like well-known bollywood version of it i don't know it makes me happy it's on netflix i I think i had i had meant to like i I had fully intended to at some point this week watching one version or another of uh of 
the Pride and Prejudice adaptations. I just really didn't get around to it. No, it's uh, okay. It's been kind of a crazy week for me, but um, no, I uh, crap, I had something. No, uh, I this was a very odd perspective to get uh, coming into a piece of classic literature, um, and I. I, I thought it was actually fairly well done for what it was. Uh, it, it seemed like there was very weird, odd portions of the book colored out at, at random times, and it seems to be like nothing about that was mentioned until a certain point in Pride and Prejudice, and maybe that's why it didn't come up until this point. But something that, if this were an actual diary, I might have heard about before. Right. But, uh, but yeah, my, my version to these, um, I... I actually took some time to do a little bit of research into the difference between a Victorian romance and a Regency romance, because I read one Victorian romance book in high school, and by read, I mean didn't finish, because I hated it. Which one was it? Uh, Wuthering Heights. Oh, okay. Understandable. And uh, I committed a book crime here, but I was an edgy teenager, where I actually literally burned my copy of that book, because (laughs) I just... It was an act of protest by a 17-year-old who has to read a book about terrible people being terrible to each other, and I hated it. But I come to find out this is a Regency romance, which is a totally different thing. Yes, and I cannot think of any other Victorian romances off the top of my head, but I know I've read a few that I actually like. Um, Regency is a weird period for me, but... Um, yeah, totally Jane Austen did not write a new Victorian. I guess she died before the Victorian era really kind of took off. Um, well, and from my understanding, like the Victorian novels tend to be either like acknowledging of America or at least taking place partly in America, but there tends to be some travel between America and Britain. That savage land. But in the, in the, yeah, the Regency novels are all in that period of, like, we don't even want to talk about the colonies. <laughs> um, yeah, they keep talking about the war, and I can't think of which war was happening in 1790. I should have well, looked I mean, that up, but it was uh, Well, not in some of these older officers, it had to be, like, they had to have been involved with the American Revolution. Right. Like some of this, so this old military money that uh, some of these characters, I assume, are into. It was hard to understand where anybody got their money from in this book. Well, it sounds like unless you inherit it, don't talk about it. Um, because Darcy, it seems like, just kind of lives off interest, maybe. Uh, as where the Bingley children's dad got it in trade. Uh, which you definitely don't talk about. Yeah, I remember that coming up towards the end of the book where he admonished Caroline for, like, in his head, kind of admonished her of, lest she forget where her money comes from. Oh, yeah. Um, If you have any interest in hearing, I don't know if, okay, I'm an English major, not a big Jane Austen fan, period. Um, so I can't always be like, you should read Jane Austen, but what I can but tell you... are you sure you're an English major, if I know, that's the right? case? I know, I'm not entirely sure I am. Do you, do you um, have I, a first edition? <laughs> I do not. Uh, not of 
Jane Austen or anything or the Odyssey or whatever else, you know, um, ridiculous first editions come up. But um, Bo North and Sammy, oh, I can't think of Campbell, have a great podcast, Excessively Diverted, where they talk about movie adaptations of Jane Austen. And it is absolutely wonderful. I guess let's jump into this. Um, um, yeah, do we do we want to try and recount the story as it was told, or or where do we want to jump into this? It is kind of hard to do so because I think it does kind of line up with Pride and Prejudice, where like the months where nothing happened in Pride and Prejudice are the really light months, journaling wise. But essentially, it's Darcy. Um, you get Fitzwilliam Darcy. Yep, Fitzwilliam Darcy, who. You get the background of his sister and Wickham very early on, um, which is... That dastardly Wickham. Yes. Um, <laughs> is that is that relayed in Pride and Prejudice so early on, or is it a shocking surprise? No, it is. So in Pride and Prejudice, Jane meets Wickham, and like they become friends, and she really does actually have feelings for Wickham, and can't understand why she has feelings for Darcy because Wickham tells her how awful a person Darcy is. And then Darcy's like, no, Wickham trying to ru- tried to ruin my sister, you know, um, financially and reputation-wise. So, no, it's like a much later thing. Well, and, and the word ruin also seems to have another connotation in this book a couple of times. Right, of, yes. <laughs> yes. Have, have some coital implications <laughs> yes we do get sex in this which i don't think is in jane austen's version version um <laughs> <laughs> well, pavlovian good there. job good oh, job thank you not pavlovian what am I Spoonerism. damn um so yeah i most of these people it's i don't ever remember louisa I assume she's in the original novel. She's really not in any adaptation going forward, Bingley's sister. Um, but there is always a Darcy. There's always a Bingham. There is always a Jane. And there is always an Elizabeth and her mother, um, who Alex Knightley, I think is her name, plays. Um, River Song from Doctor Who. Uh, can't think of who she is in yeah. ER. But she plays... And one of the adaptations, and she is phenomenal. She's like my favorite. Miss, uh, I I would imagine so. She's a uh, she's a good actress. Um, so I want to I want to start off with the with the actual whole conceit of this being a diary. Yes. Because I, it yeah. seems to be mentioned like maybe once towards the beginning, and then once towards the end, kind of actually him treating this as a diary, and the rest of the time it's he's recounting several hours of conversation at one point. It's like, there's no way that you remember all of this to be putting, like, quotation marks around these entire conversations. So you um, I also read a found lot of, it interesting... I was going to say, you don't oh. read a lot of epistolary novels. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Um, at least... I mean, the, the, the forays that I've had, at least kind of partially into that, have, like, it's... It's conversations or... Or... or uh, communications where there are like actual like recordings or text-based evidence of it where it can be transcribed but this is like it seemed a little odd to me that but i guess they have nothing better to do with their time sometimes than to sit there the whole day and then 
recount every conversation they had that day <laughs> word for word. I mean, he it did was... claim to spend full days writing letters at some point. Yes. He was like, I spent the entire morning writing letters and then I went to lunch and then I wrote more letters. Yeah. First of all, Darcy's uh... life is incredibly boring. Like, no wonder he becomes so infatuated because what else is there to do? There's letter writing, there's playing pool, and then yeah. I think there's a chess match, match at some point in there. Um, you can read. You can definitely read. Um, no, but this is only if you're, you're a, a token man. dumb girl. If you're a token dumb girl, you don't get to read. No, you don't get to read. Books are hard. Yeah. Oh God, I have <laughs> oh. I have that quote. I have that quote. <laughs> I loved her. I can't even remember her name, but oh my God, she was amazing. Um, <laughs> no, it is also a, like of note that novels was... in the 1700s um, were quite a bit epistolary novels um prior to jane austen so like um the life and something of there's a really long title for it but it's tristam shanty um so basically there's a lot of literary discussion is always like if your life is this interesting how do you have time to write it down so like yeah (laughs) it is really playing into that (laughs) Uh, yeah this was um I forget what I think this is after they went back to London. Um after Which they had time? uh taken Bingley out of out of uh Netherford or whatever it's called and they were burning away time in London to get him to forget uh Jane and I guess there was a ball that Darcy went to and he was speaking to a, a Miss Farnham because they're so great with Cordelia Farnham, I guess. Um, and they danced and then he tried to have a conversation with her and, uh, he asked her, yeah, perhaps you prefer reading books to visiting museums? I asked her, not especially books are very difficult. Are they not? They have so many words in them (laughs) to which Darcy replies. It is one of their undeniable failings. (laughs) Um, I, I particularly like the idea when he was Uh, writing all the letters that, that he would start writing a letter and then crumple it up and throw it away and then copy it into his diary and then start writing another letter and then crumple it up and throw it away and copy that into his diary. Because <laughs> there would be multiple drafts of the letters he would send off. Like, it, it makes sense if it's stream of consciousness or or just a normal first person book, but it really doesn't make sense in a diary. No. Have either of you ever kept a diary? I guess we're all of the age where like paper diaries were a thing and then suddenly there were online diaries. So. I certainly had a live journal. So there's had that. a live journal. <laughs> I I missed out on the live journal craze and I have attempted to keep a diary at, at points, but I have the failing of every time I write, I'm assuming there's an audience. So when I write to a diary, I'm not really writing to myself and I can't be super honest on a page like that. I've wor- I've been trying to work on that because I feel like I would love to write a diary or a journal of sorts where I can just like be boring give my permit give myself permission to be boring and just like be mundane and write about what i'm actually thinking and feeling or be like hey nothing happened today i pet my cat and played video games (laughs) which is about (laughs) as interesting as darcy's life gets (laughs) in some ways so he has two houses and then he visits 
is and there's a, there's a lot of people in this and there's still by the there's end there's so many characters like, i have no clue who mr hurst really is like well, he, he keeps one house and then he rents one out for his sister yeah right so pemberley but she is, moves around also yes well, and and, and in school, of course, towards maybe? the end of this book, now that she has a sister, she can move back to Pemberley and be there full time. So he doesn't have to be oh, around to raise his sister. His wife can do that now. Yeah, poor Georgina. <laughs> uh, I wish there had been more Georgina in this book. Like that was going into this and knowing <clears throat> how much Darcy loves his sister. I really expected her to be a big role in this rather than just like the constant reminder that her reputation was almost ruined. Well, and there was this like allusion to some weird illness or sickness or like mental problem she had at the beginning that never went anywhere or was mentioned ever again. Yeah. It was like the problem, quote unquote, that she had. Which I don't know if that's brought up in Pride and Prejudice or if that's just some thread that this author thought of that forgot that she forgot about i'm not entirely sure i don't remember because georgina i think only shows up once in the original when when um when elizabeth visits thank you i was gonna say jane but it wasn't jane when elizabeth visits pemberley um and that's really kind of it and she's just as shy and meek as she is in this book and well, and yeah, and to that end of like the the men in this book have nothing to do. Like, they're they're like, oh, I have business in London. Like, I have to go to London so I can go have lunch with a guy and talk about nothing. And that's gonna that's gonna be a solid week and a half trip. I'm sorry, but the women in this book are expected <laughs> to constantly be practicing their writing or singing or dancing Painting or, or needlework or yeah, like sketching, like. They, Even they on the carriage, be... no time off. <laughs> Keep going. Yep. <laughs> um, which is kind of, it's kind of weird to me. Not weird to me. It's kind of, uh, I don't. It, I wasn't aware of kind of this level of society. This is kind of the period of history that I very much hate. Of this, like a lot of, there was a lot of white people that were rich and had nothing better to do with their time than to just be rich and be sad about it and uh, gossip the, like to be the fair. women had to be the <laughs> artists and performers they had to entertain yeah they had to be entertaining the men just had to be <laughs> drink and smoke cigars i don't actually know if there's any cigars or pipes in this um and laugh at how silly the women are um, I do think they mentioned once of retiring to the uh, retiring to the den for cigars, and I think Darcy couldn't wait for it to be over so he could go back and talk to Elizabeth again. Right. I mean, this definitely leans into the whole like uh, of that time. You know, I Darcy's not going to be any different of a husband than any other man, like of that time period. And yet we all want to be convinced that he would have been more doting and caring and understanding of Elizabeth or whatever. So. Well, and I don't, I don't think that's true. At least for, from my perspective, I don't think that Darcy is ever going to be a doting husband, but I do think that he is going to be of that rarefied breed of 
the one of the extremely rich men who has a wife that talks back to him and that's his favorite part because yeah they like she absolutely matches with with him and he never gets mad at her for doing it not yet at least she well, does make yeah. it sound like right eventually he will get mad and honestly i mean but that, that seemed to be his pretty. favorite part about her is that she would uh, she would challenge him and yes. she would like make him look like an idiot for the things that he said and that that seemed to be his favorite part about her and I I, I kind of like that aspect of the relationship that he loves even her though, for her mind and not for her looks well especially well, clearly not for her looks yeah I like the, so the first time he meets her they spend looks. five pages going like eh, she ain't pretty. <laughs> I don't think she's pretty. (laughs) Amusing because Kira Knightley played her and we were all like, really? (laughs) Nobody can hear me say she's not pretty. Oh, hi, Elizabeth. (laughs) At least she wasn't the one that he compared to a horse. Yes. I don't remember who that was. Was that Anne? I don't know. It was towards the end. Um, Something about they had so many horses in their family that they started to look like that. Right. Oh, yeah. I feel like it was I, uh, Cornelia or something, her mother or something. Oh, yeah. right. Maybe. I don't recall. That where, was rough. Oh, that was, yeah, because th- that was the one where they had the conversation of like, where the mother was just like, oh, are you of good stock? And I think I am. Have you had any illnesses in your family it's like oh well i have a cousin with a bird chest and like oh well move along (laughs) i do (laughs) like the treatment of Anne in this book like she's a cold presence i think in most adaptations but i do like the idea of like her just really hating her mother and not knowing how to deal with that well and uh catherine and Anne. I guess are are they bigger? Like, are they do they figure more into the original Pride and Prejudice? Pride and Prejudice? Not really. No more than what you see here. I mean, theoretically, they get their money through Mister Collins. They be independents. So, like, she's a looming presence in that sense. But no. I thought it was the other way around. I thought that I thought that Catherine was her was Mister Collins's benefactor yes and somehow like he owned the bennett's house it's a weird line that i'm not entirely sure but basically like if mr bennett died collins got the house and everything oh which is why they wanted a daughter to marry collins so thus they could stay in the house okay yeah well um i I was Uh, i was thinking of uh of darcy's uh aunt catherine and cousin anne Right, like so he gets his money because he works in the parish with Lady Catherine. So, like, that, I mean, she is in this book more than I think she is in the... Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. Um, That's yeah, really the... interesting because reading this, I assumed that she played a fairly major role on on the other side of it and that they just kind of included her because they had to. But she's a very odd character to throw in so briefly. I could imagine that she could have driven the plot of an entire book. Are we talking about Anne or Catherine? Stro- uh, Catherine. Okay. With her, you know, propriety and determination that everyone will be married to the right people. That is like the correct level of of goodness for them. I don't know. Right. 
And they were just sort of like, oh, yeah, Lady Catherine's pissed off. Oops. Like, she's kind of the looming force over everybody. I mean, she does show up, like, the whole talk of her and, and Elizabeth talking about the rumors. Um, and she's pissed when Elizabeth says no to Collins. But, like, there may be yeah. more, I guess, when they're all together at her house. But I don't honestly remember. Yeah, it was it was bizarre to me that that she, like, she shows up at the end of the book as, like, this, like, uh, sorry, dumb video game nerd. She shows up as kind of like the final boss for this relationship to work, and but she's already defeated by the time she shows up. Yes, um, yes, yes. Because she's they mention her in passing uh, when they find when he finds out that Collins has married Miss Lucas, and uh, and they're like, oh, she's a much better match than a Bennett would be if he's working for Lady Catherine, because she's so particular about her you know her charges and the people they marry and it's kind of said offhand and then when when uh lizzie is at rosings which is Catherine's estate we don't see her at all or if we do see her she's like there briefly i think she's there for like a scene and gone but then she shows up at the end like she's been a major character the whole time She's... And she's being snotty and terrible to everybody. And Darcy is just like, <laughs> nope. And uh, Elizabeth is definitely like her her equal in wit. There's a lot of snide remarks from Catherine. Um, I think in both stories when it comes to Elizabeth, like telling her that she has to practice piano in a guest room or something. And... Oh yeah, she makes her she makes her practice piano like in the servants' quarters. Yeah. Um, How dare the shame? <laughs> because the servants have a piano. Apparently, <laughs> well, of course. Because everybody has like, to practice music. You need to know how to do music. It's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would just be uncivilized to not give your servants a piano. <laughs> I, have you not seen Downton Abbey? Actually, that's not in Downton Abbey, <laughs> and that's also like a two hundred year difference or something. Um, well, my understanding is that like the the whole um, system of of kind of like family appointments and the like are in Downton Abbey are very much in line still with what the, what the society was at this time. Uh, I've only ever seen two episodes of Downton Abbey, and I don't know exactly <laughs> when it's supposed to be, so I can't. Downton Abbey. It's right after the Titanic sinks. Yes, I know that. I haven't seen it, but I know that. <laughs> it starts after the Titanic sinks and goes through okay. up to the. 40s i think so that's like it's a 120 year difference yeah which i mean it's britain so i don't know are they still about that because like the younger prince is now marrying american so you know whoa 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 uh, i don't think they have dowagers anymore <laughs> what's amusing though is that i was reading i think it's wikipedia if you read her wikipedia page like someone has traced her ancestry and if you go back far enough they're related and we're talking about like Back in the 1500s. Yeah, well, I, I guarantee that two of the three of us are related to Genghis Khan. So. Oh, I'm sure. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, like, the majority of Pride and Prejudice is more oppressive of, like, you have to get married. As where Darcy, like, doesn't really have to get married. It's just kind of what society thinks he should do to run his house but like 
Well, Catherine brings it up at the at, towards the end, or not? Maybe not Catherine. It's not Catherine. Then Colonel Fitzwilliam of like reminding him, like, "Hey, Darcy, you're 28. You're the ripe old age of 28." So <laughs> so old. Um, because it was he was talking about his cousin Anne, who just like, "Oh, she's you know she's 28. She'll marry. She's fine." And it's like, eh, "Well, no, that's kind of old for somebody to not be married." And also, you are the same age as her, so. You might want to think about this, too. Yeah, I always thought that Colonel Fitzwilliams and Anne were, like, brother and sister. Um, I totally did not understand their relationship until the end. Um, surely they're not talking about a brother and sister getting married. Um, <laughs> but I guess they're all three cousins. And why is Lady Catherine the only one who's still alive? Like, what happened to Darcy and Fitzwilliam's parents? Well, I am... So I'm looking at a family tree here of this whole book. And... uh, Darcy... Yeah, Darcy... Darcy's parents were old Mr. Darcy and Lady Anne Darcy... And then okay. Lady, Anne's, Lady Anne had a sister and a brother uh, that was Lady Catherine and Earl of Matlock. And Colonel Fitzwilliam is the Earl's son and Anne is Catherine's daughter. So I, I guess in this time, marrying first cousins was totally cool. I guess. Because that, that seems to be something that happened a lot. Well, yeah, because I guess. 1797. I still thought that that was pretty much at least second cousins by that point, or third cousins, or something that's not as creepy. Um, I am glad he doesn't. Speaking ever... of, yeah, no, go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of of like when things became acceptable, I was really confused by the fact that Lydia marrying Wickham was an acceptable solution to their problems. Um. Not because I didn't think that her, like, being deflowered or whatever was going to ruin her reputation. I was aware that that was still a thing. But I know they had divorce in in the UK since, like, the 1500s, right? So, at least. So, um, I was a little confused why he couldn't just divorce her and ruin her even more that way. I, I don't know. It seemed a little bit strange that it was definitely for life 100 percent. there was no way out of it he was locked in i would have to look it up but it seems i I think it's kind of twofold um one being that i feel like in this period divorce might have been common like because of course the church of england was founded on being able to divorce right Um, henry the eighth everybody yeah great guy yeah that's why (laughs) 1500s right somewhere there Um, yeah but it, that, I think it probably at that time was something that either only a person of, like, actual royalty could do or something like a really, really common person could do because otherwise, well, and, and this has carried through kind of into modern American society. Like, how many divorced politicians out there are, are there out there barring, you know, president, but uh. like a, a divorced politician is still in American society in 2017, still seen as something like, ooh, yeah. they couldn't handle a marriage. Um, 
so when we look to our, you know, whether it be our cultural or our actual aristocracy, divorce is something that that holds people back. So when you're, I would imagine when you're talking about these these landed gentry, these people who are making, you know, just a, a stipend of lots and lots and lots of money every year, uh, they like a divorce would be absolutely scandalous, but I would also assume that they would have to continue supporting their divorcee unless it was a case of where they could prove some misgiving on their part. Yeah. I think it's just, yeah, entirely not common. And plus like, it's okay to have slept with your husband and be divorced. It's not okay to have slept with a guy while single. Like, I know you said you had the reputation thing, but I, that's my guess is the other half of it. Oh, absolutely. And, and honestly, you, you like, weren't allowed yeah, to have it seems sex plausible. Yeah. Like, Wickham's sticking around as much as he can because now she's got, you know, Darcy who makes 10K a year and Bingley who makes 5K a year. So, like, hell yes. Right. <laughs> you know. Um, and it looks like Jane and Elizabeth are very both very willing to give them money when they run out so um. yeah and that's you know I, I i i guess this is kind of the better time to delve into this book as compared to the terrible book we read last time <laughs> yeah because in this we have we have this very like smart mouthed uh female protagonist <laughs> and this very rich prideful arrogant asshole main character I'm sorry I can't sorry I knew knew, that was the best time I could think of but no it's perfect and I and it just didn't hit me I guess that like (laughs) Christian Grey I guess is the 2000s version of Mr. Darcy and that makes me so sad but but he's not giggle he's absolutely not because Mr. Darcy is everything that Christian Grey is not He is, uh, Mr. Darcy is witty. He is, well, they're about the same age, too, I just thought of. Oh, God, they Um, are. They're both, like, 28. Yeah. And I don't know how old um, Elizabeth is, but I think she's about the same age as uh, Anastasia. I really am uncomfortable with these parallels. (laughs) Well, and this this was the assumption that I had of why, why... Vicky might have chosen this one, although I don't know that she realized that there were this many parallels in it. It Um, wasn't quite this deliberate, but (laughs) I was kind of hoping that we might have some interesting comparisons. Who's Richard? They they both meet because in the case of, well, and I I haven't read Grey, so I don't know how uh, Miss Kavanaugh figures into, or I haven't read Fifty Shades of Grey, so I don't know how Miss Kavanaugh figures into Anastasia's life. But in either circumstance, they both meet because of a friend. Because of a friend who has, who is ill or has ill tastes. Bingley's, you know, want to make quick decisions. And that's why he goes to Netherford. And why Darcy then meets Elizabeth Bennet. Same with, you know, Miss Kavanaugh getting sick. And that's why Anastasia has to go give the interview. <laughs> Two people who would have not otherwise met were it not for their their individual friends. It's a reach, but I'll give it to you. It's 
I, I think it's the furthest reach I have to make in these comparisons. No, I, I, I am excited to um, hear this. But, like, but at every point it's a good comparison. It breaks down because Darcy sucks way less than Christian Grey. Um, right, and Darcy he, is able to change throughout the novel. Well, and at first glance, Darcy is like, oh, this girl, this this homely girl, this girl who she doesn't even merit looking at because she's not pretty enough. Yeah. To which point, it's, and this is flipped on its head. Elizabeth Bennet is like, oh, he thinks I'm ugly? Fuck you. Um, <laughs> and that's when she starts, like, openly, like, ribbing him. I'm just like, you know, she's like, oh, cool. Well, I'm not good enough for you. And cool. So I don't have to give a fuck about trying to impress you. Yeah. Uh, and that's exactly what ends up starting to impress him is her just nonchalance. Uh, I'm trying to think of my other points of comparison here. Like, there's not a ton of them, but it's every time in the relationship between Christian and Anastasia that Christian fucks up or there's something wrong with him that he's admitted that Anastasia brings up, he's just like, eh, no, no, what you think is wrong. I'm right. <laughs> and Which Darcy does have in the beginning. He does have until somebody speaks plainly to him. Yeah. And I think that I think that all these kind of Regency romance novels would be a lot shorter if they didn't have to stand on ceremony in every conversation when there's more than two people in the room. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was sitting there during the scene while I was reading the scene where, you know, he, they have gone through all this shit and then he's finally like met back up with Elizabeth at Rosings and he pulls her aside and he's able to sit down and go like, listen, your mom sucks. Your dad sucks. Your sisters are terrible. <laughs> I hate your aunt and uncle. I hate everything about you. But, like, you, you rock. Marry me. Now, and I was sitting there thinking, like, please, for the love of God, don't let this be how this book works. And I was happily surprised <laughs> of her going, like, no, no. That's how you propose? <laughs> Telling me you hate everything about me and my family that I love. And then saying that, like, I'd be lucky to have you. Fuck you. Go die in a ditch. Now, Vicky, you're engaged, right? I am. Is this how your fiancé proposed? <laughs> no. He did quite a bit better than that. Um, but I guess that means we're probably not a, a real true romance. This is true. I'm sorry like to tell these you. books. I didn't <laughs> rebuff him multiple times with my smart mouth. He <laughs> <laughs> had to have at least insulted one of your relatives before he proposed. I mean, it's it's like... The classic trope. You have to. Proposal. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. I mean, I, I don't know what I was expecting for an answer there. That was probably a terrible question. To put forth. Um... Yeah. No, I did not get the exciting ask before. Thank goodness. But I, I did kind of like how Darcy didn't even bother asking Mr. Bennett before yeah, <laughs> he was cool. like, "Oh yeah, we already talked. We're we're gonna do this." So yeah, I don't get that. Like, I don't know why he bothered at that point. Yeah, like it's kind of weird. It's almost I can understand if Mr. Bennett is upset about that because yeah, you're supposed to ask the dad first. It's not like a we talked about it. We're in love. Um, you gonna give us your blessing? 
Well, I I was trying to figure this out. I was trying to figure this out too. Of it's like, do you have that conversation of like, hey, I want to ask your father if I can marry you, which totally ruins the surprise of a proposal. But it seems that in this day and age, like a proposal wants to be a surprise at a certain point. It's a given. Right. Well, Um, I've learned from the Bachelor series of products that (laughs) (laughs) you can just ask as many people as you want fathers, and then. Up, you just up decide to four later. Times. Up to four times. Yeah. Up to four times, yes. Yes. Um, no, I, if you, a guy Michelle. asks my dad, I'm going to be like, why? There's no reason there. Yeah, uh, please no. <laughs> yeah, I, well, and that's, as, a, as a dude, like, I've never really cared about that. Like, I, uh, I've had, you know, I've had significant others where, like, I got along with their parents and ones where I absolutely didn't and to me it's just like I you know if it's important to my SO that I ask their father I'll ask but otherwise like they'll find out on Facebook but uh, then again oh my god I really (laughs) hope that they find out before you post it on Facebook yes for the love of god that's the thing no one tells you about getting engaged that night you're gonna call every single person you can think of that might possibly be upset if they find out on Facebook yes because it's going to well, get back to that. <laughs> I mean, you you guys have only been my Facebook friends for a couple of years. Facebook and IRL friends for a couple of years. You kind of find out about me that, like, if if I haven't told you, I haven't told you. And if I put it on Facebook, it's because I wanted to tell everybody. <laughs> sure. I'm just I, letting I'm you very... know that you don't want to upset your future in-laws. <laughs> Unless they're the type of people that are like, it's on Facebook. Cool. I don't care. Like, all right. Yeah, well, I, and that's I, I've always been of a mind. Like, I know that people have always, are always constantly freaking out about privacy changes at Facebook. I understand that everything that I put on there is totally available for everybody in the world to see oh, yeah. and to be bought and sold. So whatever, it goes <laughs> up, it go, it doesn't. Whatever, I don't care. If I put it on the internet, it's because I meant it for, meant for it to be on the internet. But yeah. I do suspect that. That asking permission is more important when the father is expected to give you a large sum of money to get married. Yes. Which that is never discussed. Like Georgina's dowry so is it discussed. Is, right. It is with Georgina, but I assume that the Bennetts just don't have enough money for that to really be a thing. The Bennetts live fairly comfortably from what I understand. Like the the freak out about money is more of like, I have five daughters and if my husband dies I'm screwed. Um, yeah, I, and that's like for a, a story that seems to hinge on who has money and who doesn't. Um, it seems a little odd how little they discuss money. Yeah. <laughs> Other like, than like well, how much they, they make ha- a year. You have it or you don't. Right. Is the is the beginning and end of it. Um, but. Yeah, I was also thinking that because, like, Mr. Darcy is clearly the richest person in this book. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So it was like, because he's that rich, he can go, hey, I want your permission to marry your daughter. And if not, it doesn't matter because I'm rich. Ha <laughs> 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 business again. <laughs> um, yeah. But had he, had he been, like, maybe even had he been Bingley or... And, and had he been Wickham, uh, that would have hinged on a lot of other circumstances. But, you know, Wickham, just, Wickham, 
All Wickham did was bang chicks and get all his bills paid. Yep, he led <laughs> a pretty good life. Wait, yeah. I, I don't want to, like, I don't... He's a shithead, clearly, because he was trying to, like, double dip from, like... Everywhere? Hey, I was promised, like, a living or a payment. And he got a payment, and then he came back and like, hey, well, how about that living? <laughs> like, that's, that's a <laughs> shitty thing to do. Yeah. Like, especially, especially in that time. Even in this time, that's, like... That's like blackmailing your boss and going, give me a million dollars or I'll tell everybody this terrible thing you did. And you get the million dollars. You come back like, hey, can I have my job back? <laughs> like, no. Yeah. Get out of here. The The way some of these people are portrayed was very interesting. Um, like Lydia, there's, there's some adaptations where Lydia is not necessarily portrayed as this awful like she's always portrayed as flighty but like you can be flighty and also very i don't know if aware of your surroundings is the best way to put it but like well she was dumb in this book yeah she's straight up dumb she is awful like she doesn't give a shit like there's a part i had to read a couple times where she's in wickham's lap and darcy's basically like you have to get married and wickham's like i don't want to get married with her in his lap. Yeah, she she's real dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and I but I just uh, also like I don't particularly care for the portrayal of Mr. Bennett either in this book. And I get that like perhaps Darcy just you got to make it so it looks like they don't exactly have the same mindset or necessarily get along, but like Mr. Bennett in Pride and Prejudice is a very intelligent doesn't speak a lot. Um, and like always seems to be aware of what's going on and like is fairly aware of that he has a ridiculous wife but he loves her anyways and this almost made him come off as just like an idiot almost well he see, well, yeah, yeah this aloof he to like the point super, of negligence like, super aloof just like not not really giving a shit about anything just he was the, he was along for the ride and at, this is the point where I I will admit that this this book actually made me want to go read Pride and Prejudice. So I have downloaded that and I like read like the first two pages uh, <laughs> earlier today. And already like in the like in the first page of that book, Mister Bennett has more character there than he did in this whole book of Mister Darcy's Diary. Yeah, like. Mr. Bennett, the the whole beginning of Pride and Prejudice is the mom and the daughter's freaking out because they've got a new neighbor moving in and like whatever the rules of society are, I don't understand how you get introduced to anybody in freaking society because it makes no damn sense. Well, you send your servants. You send your servants to say, hey, we want to go, we want to have dinner here. (laughs) And then they'll be like, okay, yes, well, you can have dinner. And then... That's how they meet. But yeah, uh, that's my presumption is that like you, you just send your servants. I guess. But basically, so like they're like, how do we get, you know, in with Mr. Bingley and blah, blah, blah. And then the dad's like, well, it's a good thing I talked to him yesterday. And it's like, oh, you kind of thing. But not in like a you're an idiot kind of way where he's just like, you're going to rant and you're going to vent and you need to get this out. And I'm going to let you get it out. And then I'm going to tell you I already saw the problem. Like, it's not a big deal. Oh, yeah, and that was, yeah, that was, I, I really, like, was, yeah, because I finished the first chapter, and that was it, and it was definitely that, it was, uh, it was Mr. Bennett, like, his wife was grilling him, like, hey, 
there's a rich guy in the neighborhood. You have a lot of daughters. You should go check that out. And he's like, nah, I don't feel like it. But she's like, what the fuck? Yep. You should do this. There's X, Y, and Z. <laughs> like, nah, nah, I don't care. And the rain is like, oh, by the way, I already talked to him yesterday. Yeah. Like, this... <laughs> like he, he's a, he's definitely like, he's a, he's a dude who has a sense of humor. Yeah. He likes to, you know, he has, he has some shit going on. Like, he, he, he has smart five daughters. I mean, like, I'm one of eight <laughs> kids with, but like, tween step and half and all this stuff. So, like, my dad has six girls. You have to have a sense of humor. Because you did something <laughs> terrible to end up with all girls. Um. And I say this, and I totally mean it. Because if you've never been in a house where there are five other girls and two small bathrooms, it is hell. It is. It is not great. So. Uh, I guess my mother must have done something terrible in a past life to have four boys. Yep. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> yep. Boys make no sense. No, we don't. My brother, I just I, look at him. I'm like, you make no sense. I haven't figured it out either. <laughs> I look, pa- I look back at me like, I'm gonna say ten years ago. I look back at me two months ago. Like, you sucked back then. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> why do you? Why are you always sucking real bad at everything? It doesn't help. My brother's the golden child either. He's also the youngest. So. Uh, well, I'm I'm the baby, but I'm not the golden child. That's my brother Scott. My brother Scott's definitely the golden child. Hi, mom and dad. If you're listening, <laughs> my brother Scott is the golden child. <coughs> what about you, Vicky? Are you the golden child? Uh, we I have one brother, and we sort of switch off. Okay. Right now, I'm the golden child, but that'll probably change, and <laughs> probably right after I get married. Well, that's my guess. I think yeah, I've got another good say, year you, on. You it are you are to be wed. <laughs> yes, you are that's true. exactly. Right now. I've clearly succeeded at being an adult, <laughs> having a real life. <laughs> Damn it, that's where I'm missing it. Okay. I oh yeah, you will 100% be the golden child as soon as you get engaged. And everybody will want to say all the things that you don't care about or want to hear <laughs> to you all the time. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. sorry if you were family and like listening the... to this, I'm eloping. <laughs> For the 30 years <laughs> before my brother got engaged and had a wife and a house and a dog... Still was the golden child all the time, but oh yeah, no, my brother he's... is thirteen, and like my high school best friend um, is a is a band director, and just did like his Allstate and honor band audition, and like was like, does your brother practice? And I was, just, was like, I don't know, mom does MJ practice? She's like, no, and my brother's like first fucking chair, and. Also plays the French horn because they needed French horn players. And just like, my brother can't dress Barbies. This is the only problem he's ever had. And I'm clinging to this. I don't care. So he's a prodigy and a golden child. Oh, yeah. No, my brother picked up a trumpet at two. And like, we were like, who the hell is playing trumpet in the house? Because my sister also played trumpet. And it turns out it was him. And like, he's been playing tennis for like his entire life and is really high up in the numbers for the U-14s in Georgia. My brother, yes. Basically, there's nothing that he's not picked up and been like, cool, I can do this. So he's a real ender. Yeah, he really is. It's unfortunate. <laughs> but also, he doesn't lie. It's great. So, like, the other day, wow. I'm sorry, it's amazing. So he was like, Mom, can I go see it? And so my mom's texting me and my sister Anna 
you know, is it too scary? And I was like, fuck you, it's rated R. He's not allowed to see it. And um, my mom was like, you know what's hilarious is that if you really wanted to watch a rated R movie, Netflix doesn't have any parental controls on and he can just go watch it. And we were, <laughs> she was like, but he'd probably tell me that he did. So, so yes, <laughs> my brother is the golden child. And he has a twin sister who is also amazing, but she is sneaky as can be. So we know all also, about she's her. A, she's a woman, so mm. <laughs> we got to get her. You know how we feel set. about those? Um, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> Just this, all this trumpet thing happened today, and I was like, of course, of course, you made honor band. Of course, you've got second round of ball state. So let me think through. I, I know I had a couple of uh, highlights that I enjoyed about this book. Let me get back to the correct book, not Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> um, which, by the way, I'm totally going to read Pride and Prejudice. And I was tempted to go, like, should I get Pride and Prejudice and Zombies just so I have a little fun in there? Like, no, I think I'm going to actually read Pride and Prejudice. I think it's worth a read. Um, if you can find an annotated copy, those are always great. Um, just for the added background, again, I am an English major, so maybe this is just something I enjoy. Um, like my well, and that's and I I I'm kind of of a split mind about that because I know it's a you know it's a three hundred and ten year old book, no, two hundred and ten year old book. I don't know how to math. Yeah, well, no, it's actually less than that. It, it takes came place two hundred and ten years ago. It was in the early eighteen hundreds, I believe, that it came out. Yes. Um, but still, it takes place 210 years ago, and society was wildly different in another country. But also, if you can't, if you can't get stuff to come through like that in your novel, then I don't need to know it. <laughs> um, that's my arrogance of reading, which is probably why I set Wuthering Heights on fire. Um, yeah, Wuthering Heights is a problem. I have never finished it. I can't do it. I... I couldn't. I couldn't. I tried. I tried and I couldn't. Um, Who else do we have character-wise? We've got Caroline Bingley, who's always an evil shrew. Was she, was she the, um, was she the uh, heiress apparent in, in Pride and Prejudice? Like, was she the, the romantic rival, I guess I should say? I guess I think it's always kind of assumed that that's who he's going to marry. Although I think it is also known that he's like betrothed to Anne, quote unquote, on the betrothed. Um, and that's that that is something that confused me is because it, I I've kind of like I've been reading articles and like browsing the Wikipedia on Pride and Prejudice just to get some context for the novel. Yeah, like um, she clearly wants to be. Darcy's wife, but it's always come across as like for his money. Yeah, and like she was definitely, she was definitely like at his, you know, at his beck and call, and like telling him how fine he wrote his letters and right. And it was annoying, and I, I just, I didn't know if in Pride and Prejudice it ever played into like maybe Darcy seemed to be sucking that up. At least it appeared he seemed to be like emboldened by that but in this book he was definitely like oh this bitch <laughs> yeah it's definitely not coming across as like oh this bitch but it's it's just like darcy's kind of cold and quiet about everything unless you talk about georgina 
That that seems fair. Yeah. Like I liked there was a bit towards the end that paid like they they brought it up and then they paid it off thirty pages later, <laughs> where they ate dinner at the Bennetts, um, or with the Bennetts. Yeah, I think it was at the Bennetts, and uh, they had partridge and venison, this, that, and the other. And Mrs. Bennett offered some gravy to Mr. Darcy. <laughs> and he's just like, no, thank you. And she's like, well, I bet you're used to a whole ton of sauces. He's like, I mean, yeah, kind of. He's like, you've dined with the Prince of Wales. I, I bet that they have 20 sauces. That's so vulgar <laughs> and over the top. And then, like, 30 pages later, she's found out that he wants to marry her daughter. And she's like, hey, check out all these sauces. <laughs> I did like all the sauces. Yeah, some hollandaise sauce. I believe you like sauces. Yeah, it... I saw no less than six sauce boats. I was about to refuse the hollandaise sauce, but I caught. Oh no! Hang on, I highlighted the wrong part. I... But they go through like seven or eight different. Yeah. Yes, there's like an entire list of sauces and bernays, some port wine sauce, <laughs> which like are just on his plate. <laughs> I took some bechamel and mustard sauce and a cream sauce as well and set eating my strange meal. It's a very, very strange meal. I can't imagine all those sauces take, taste good well, together. I don't remember <laughs> from Pride and Prejudice um, why she's so rude to Darcy towards the end. Like, I don't remember what causes that. And this book doesn't even, like, hint at it. Yeah, there's no well, explanation. Like... She's just cruel to him. Yeah. I feel like she and Darcy were doing the same thing. Like, because she she had to know how Elizabeth felt about Darcy at that point. I don't think I, I don't, so. Well, that that would be even better if she didn't. Because up until that point, and this actually made a great amount of sense to me once I got towards the end of the book. Every time, every time Elizabeth and Darcy were getting along, she wasn't there. Yeah. Like... <laughs> but every time he was a huge shithead, she was. So, um, especially with his his proposal, but I don't think... Like, like, she wasn't there for that, but she must have heard about it from somebody. I don't... But she did, like, in, towards the end, she kept calling him that, like, that terrible man. Like, I'm sorry you have to go walking with that terrible man. Like, uh, my guess and is... Darcy seemed to be doing nothing to, like, disillusion her of that. My guess is that she knows that he tried to keep Jane and Bingley separate because I don't think Elizabeth ever tells her about the proposal and, like, what he says in the proposal because, like, despite what he says, the mom would have been fucking furious she turned down the proposal. (laughs) Like, doesn't matter what he says, you just gave up $10,000 a year. Or 10,000 pounds a year. Like, stupid all around. Like, 400 grand a year. Yeah. That's... Yeah, we, we have that modern chart. It's got, I, I thought it was per month. I thought they were getting these per month. Oh, maybe it is per I don't think so. I, well, that when seems I was reading in the excessive. book, it said per month, but I'm looking at these charts and it was saying per year. Yeah. Um, but I think it was like, to live comfortably, you needed to make $300 a year. And whatever I was reading, like, or 300 pounds a year. Oh yeah, like most most uh most like farmhands and workers who just like lived like they subsisted were making on the order of about uh, well I think in that day it was like ten ten to fifteen pounds a year which would equate to a modern three hundred dollars a year. That's insane. Um, 
but they would live on that because like at, at this time like you your lands were owned you just needed that to pay for food and that was about it yeah and of course equating because buying power from 200 years ago is way different than buying power today because human needs are so wildly different right it was yeah i need more than one dress nowadays yeah <laughs> and well not do you, not only do you need more than one dress you're not making your own clothes anymore that's true too though i consider it sometimes uh, vicky makes her own clothes though i do sometimes oh yeah you're a knitter you're one of those knitters no she, i'm a sewer yeah i was about to say yeah. she posted you're a sewer? uh a shirt yeah. on facebook that was amazing i i, yeah, did, I just I took a this. pattern making class and learned how to make patterns from scratch don't you knit too before i just used like patterns that existed so i feel like a wizard now that's amazing <laughs> i know so many people who knit that i don't know who doesn't knit anymore i crochet i don't knit i knitting. do knit but scarves only i don't have enough patience for anything else <laughs> I've, I've crocheted three scarves in my life and i really like it like it, it, there's times where i will get into crocheting again i don't know that i could ever knit I knitted when I broke my arm to get the use of my hand back, but oh, I that, was that so bad at it. A really, that's a, actually a really good thing to do. Yeah, I hated, I loved my occupational therapist. I hated occupational therapy. So to get the feeling back in my left hand, or not feeling the use of my left hand back, Guitar Hero and knitting. That's, I like it. Yep. That's pretty rock star. Yep. That's how I did it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like I just made a dice bag. I'm back in Oh, that mode. Cthulhu dice bag. Yeah. Oh, nice. Rules. Um, and I'm making dragon scale gloves, which I'll have to cut because it's for it's a friend of mine that I know listens. So. <laughs> um, so yeah, Mr. Bennett's yearly income for a family of seven equates to a modern day 67, well, 2008, 67,000 pounds, which is probably a modern day... I don't know. I want to say like $120,000 a year. Probably not that high. I'm ballparking. But yeah, probably close to six figures. So like Mr. Bennett is living comfortably. Especially considering that he has six kids, which is not how it's always portrayed uh, in books and or in adaptations and stuff. But like they're fine. The big worry is the fact that they have five daughters and if he drops dead any moment, they're all fucked. They well, get... Apparently, Mrs. Bennett has a has a marriage portion which she will live off after he dies, which is five thousand pounds. It's two and a half of his yearly incomes, right? Which isn't terrible, but if she's but that's all she gets. Yeah, and she's got to go live with one of her daughters, right? Which I did love at the end where um, Jane and Bingley are living next to the Bennetts, or they're still living in the house. And now they're thinking of moving away because, like, Mama Bennett keeps coming around. And so they look near Pemberley. And then she's like, oh, cool. Well, I don't want to make the distance for one kid. But, like, two daughters? I can do that. And they're like, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Well, and that, that combined with uh, with Lydia and Wickham. Yes. Of, like, oh, well, they can come and stay down there between the two of you, too. Yes. Yeah, was... That's more inferred than it is said. Honestly expecting Wickham to show up. Um, I was very surprised he didn't. So, 
I, I like that Wickham got the only description of how a person was sitting in this book. <laughs> because people sit, stand, <laughs> dance, do whatever. Wickham sat down and draped his legs over the arm of the chair. That's not a proper way to sit. What? Like, you... um, Like, well, I... I and I imagine that this is one of those big, uh, comfy, Victorian, or Regency chairs, rather. These armchairs... And like he clearly sat in it like a Bond villain or like a, <laughs> well, like a modern day Bond villain, where he like sat in it and like leaned to the side and draped his legs over the side of the chair. I'm gonna see if I can find this to see if I'm right. I I feel like, I feel like I'm right. No, it sounds like yeah. I mean, he is a rotten, dirty um, scoundrel. So, but I like I I feel like and I read it yesterday and again like I was reading late into the night so I had been drinking. <laughs> um. <laughs> I do have to say, like, there are parts of this book that were incredibly boring, but it's still a fairly quick read. Um, like, I would set, be like, I'm going to get to 40%, and then I was like, oh, I'm at 45% now, and, it's, you know, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and keep reading forward. So, like, the diary the- portion over chapters made it a much easier read. The middle third of the book was a slog for me. Yeah. Like, from the point they decide they need to quit Pemberley up until... Or not not quit Pemberley, but quit uh, Netherford. Up until the point where they... Uh, where Elizabeth shows up at Pemberley. Like, that was a slog. And it managed to be a slog even though it was, like, half a year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like it goes fast through time, yeah. but it was still like, ugh, this is all boring. I, I I think the author could have done more with getting away from Pride and Prejudice. Like this book seemed to rely almost entirely on like, well, we know what Darcy was doing in Pride and Prejudice at this time, so thus, okay, we'll write about that. Well, we don't know what he was doing this month, so there's only two journal entries for this month. Yeah, and it's that question of like, do you want to do you want to um, mess with canon or do you want to just stick to the canon? Right. And I One feel like she did a that... great job of of sticking to it. Um, I, I, was I feel like she say... did a good job of 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 sticking to the story that was told, but I feel like we could have had so much more had she expanded outside of that. I, I also feel like even had she stuck more to canon, it would have been interesting had Darcy had more of a voice in his writing. I think that playing him as a slightly unreliable narrator could have been more interesting. And I, I think she kind of wanted to do that, but didn't really commit. Uh, because clearly he has a change of perspective from the beginning to the end. But oh, I, given that we have a source of truth for the story that presumably most people have read before this book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I think that she could have had some fun with him having stronger opinions and, and writing those opinions and coloring how he saw things based on that. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I know this is a series for her. Like, I think she did one from each of the male perspectives of the Jane Austen books. And so I hope she leaned more into it as she went on. Um, I might pick up the one for Northanger Abbey just because I love him so much. 
Um, but it is also the last one she wrote. So I am curious to see if she finally got out of her shell a little bit with these. Um, because it is very timid in the portrayal of right. Darcy. Like, I don't care. I would have been fine if, like, every time he wasn't where he was supposed to be in Pride and Prejudice, Georgina showed up. Like, whatever. That would have been cool. And it would have been better than, like, it rained today. I hate right. the rain. The rain is terrible. I wrote more letters. Yes. <laughs> it was rainy. I was sad. I woke up at dawn today and went back to bed. Okay. Like, <laughs> I, I pick, I, I used to keep diaries as a kid and then, like, would read them much, much later in life. And it would be like, today I'm mad at my sister. She wouldn't let me watch TV. Talk to you later. And that's, like, kind of how some of these entries <laughs> felt. It was just like, if you're not committing to writing something every day, Darcy, not, like, the author. But, like, if you're not committed to a daily entry, which would be terrible. Make- Although, no, like... I'm I'm actually like I'm gonna take some pressure off the author here. I'm gonna blame Darcy for that. Oh no, I think yeah, this is a Darcy fault and not her fault. Yeah, I'm not trying to blame the author. I'm not trying to say like the author should have committed. I'm saying like if you're going to keep a diary and it's going to be this mundane sometimes, better make it daily. Well, that's like it's clearly a choice by the author to do this to be like to have several days in a row where everything's exciting and great, and then like go over the course of four months to have these entries where like I went to London I came back from London and like I I feel like there was a, a conscious choice on her part to go like yeah sometimes Darcy is boring as fuck and like sorry that's how he is he's so boring like, frequently though he's so boring most of the time and again, like I, the, here's one of my other reflections here about the Christian Grey Anastasia relationship. Um, she's way more entertaining than he is. Yes. Mm-hmm. She is definitely like the 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 fount of of activity and and spirit in this relationship. And I don't know what attracts her to him. Uh, same thing with Gray. I don't know what attracts Anastasia to Christian. Like, because it is specifically not supposed to be their money that attracts them. Yeah, and and the like. <sighs> no, I agree. Both the both Gray and Darcy's was Gray's in diary or was it just dated? Uh, Gray's was just dated. It wasn't a diary. Okay. Um, like they would they would change mid chapter like if it clicked over for midnight. Okay. So. Um, they still both read that, like, I had no life until this woman walked in. And, like, clearly that's not true. Like, both of the, or at least Gray, you know, had his pilot's license, had a company to run, had a family, et cetera, et cetera. Like, he should not have been as infatuated as that entire book was. But it's also supposed to be that kind of book. So I get that. But same thing for Darcy. Like, I don't know, is that that time period just that boring that, like, I have fallen in love with a woman? This now consumes all my thoughts. I know, and this is is kind of my, like, stretching out. And, like, I feel like 
and I feel like this is still kind of true today is that women women have to be more interesting than men. Women are totally more interesting than men. I'm I mean, in general, they are <laughs> because they've always had to be. Uh, women have to attract men. Men just have to pick women. Yeah. Uh, historically. Yeah. And. Well, it's the same thing. Like, There's a Facebook um, page that is, I think it's man who has it all or something like that. That is literally like taking things that are said about women and making it about men. And, you know, yeah, you, you even get to nowadays where, you know, you're supposed to have a family and feed the kids and also be amazing at your job and also keep yourself entirely immaculately clean as well as your house and with a smile. Like Yeah, and you have to you have to post Instagram pictures about how much you're hashtag loving it. Yes. Right. Uh, hashtag no makeup, hashtag selfie day, hashtag like something. last <laughs> Oh god, yeah. I would not want to be a mom in the Pinterest world. Like Pinterest in my opinion has ruined it so much more. <laughs> I I like Pinterest. I am not a member of Pinterest and I won't be not for any like sexist reason or anything, it's just because every now and then I'll be looking for some like weirdly specific thing and it'll show up on Pinterest and I have to have an account to even look at the page. Yeah, and occasionally I have an account to even like put my eyes on a picture yeah occasionally pinterest is like yeah. here's a pinterest post of another pinterest post of another pinterest post of a dead website <laughs> and i'm like god damn it i'm just <laughs> looking for patterns right now so um it's a it's a social media site that should have never been a social media site. i agree it's a cool concept um I've seen lots of awesome and amazing things come out of it from my friends who are all millennials like us. Um, but I, you know, I'm on that like older outline of millennial and I'm like, I mean, these were all things. These are all just like do it yourself crafts that most of my friends don't actually have the skills to pull off. So exactly. So, so speaking of the comparison between gray and, uh, Darcy's Diary. Can we compare the sisters for a minute? I can't think of what Christian Gray's sister's name is, but she's very similarly portrayed to Georgiana. Is it Mia? As... Maya? Mia, Mia. yes. Mia. Where she really seems like the most interesting character in each of these stories. Yes. And she's young and innocent and creative and great at things and has this awesome life she's running off to sometimes and and way more. I wanted to hear character. more about each of them. Yeah, and the yeah, and the main character is hopelessly devoted to them. I would totally read a book about Georgiana. Yeah, I want a Georgiana for sure. Mia book. In fact, I want some Georgiana Mia slash fic. I was about to say this is our fan fiction now. Georgiana and <laughs> yes. Mia are going to be best friends or lovers, whatever. I don't care. You pick or your poison. Both <laughs> or both. Yeah, absolutely both. Um. No, you're right. It's exactly... Hey, do you guys want to talk about a rich and super uninteresting, terrible brothers who are terrible to women and very bad? Or the really amazing <laughs> sisters that they super <laughs> protective of, and... Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was imagining that that's every conversation that Georgiana and me and I have, at least when they start flirting. 
and eventually get married and have the best relationship ever because they're both super wildly interesting and have lots to talk about and are really cool. Yes. Like, Georgiana is even cooler than most of Elizabeth's sisters. Not that anything is wrong with Elizabeth's sisters, although I always forget that Kitty fucking exists. But it's just, like, they have one quality. This is their quality. Well, there's... Yeah, the the two ones surrounding Elizabeth are the ones that are only ever said together. Like, oh, Kitty is such and such, and so is whatever her name was. It's, but, um... Jane, Elizabeth, Mary, Kitty, Lydia. Mary. Yeah, it's always Kitty and Mary. They're always just sort of grouped together as, like, the leftover. They're not the middle. They're not the older. They're not the younger. They're just, like, there. Yep. And it's kind of unfortunate, but I feel like no one ever adapts them. Like, I would love to hear an entire story from Kitty or Mary's point of view because... Mary seems to be... I bet be, they have opinions. <laughs> yeah. Mary seems to be very against societal norms, and Kitty might be very into Yeah, Mary was she the, could be like, anything. super bookish one, wasn't she? <laughs> yes. She was the one who, like, kept looking over her book going, like, uh, yeah, actually, y- y'all suck, and that's dumb. <laughs> yes. That is I, actually Mary. <laughs> that didn't happen very much until the end of this book, but I loved it every time she did that. Like, oh, yeah, no... You guys are stupid. And then go back to her book. Yes. So basically <laughs> like, we need a house yeah, Mary. where Mary and Kitty and Georgiana and Mia all live. Yes. This is the ultimate fanfic. <laughs> yes. And they talk about how they're the forgotten sisters. But how awesome they are too. And then they form a coalition <laughs> which creates a secret club that takes over the government and the United States. <laughs> and everybody's better off for it. Because they're all really smart and wildly engaging and entertaining. And they're better than everybody around them and all their peers. Which is just kind of naturally true for all these sisters. Yep. I am all for this. Yes. Because, um, yeah, I think right, every... Well, welcome to Story Break, where we come up with an idea <laughs> and we write, a, we write a movie about it. Um, is there anything else we really want to talk about? Um, we got Bingley... Who's very droll in this one? Um. <laughs> I I liked Bingley. I liked that he was kind of the happy idiot. Yeah. Uh. But he's like, he's supposed to have this arc where he becomes like a mature man. He grows out of his happy idiot child phase and becomes a mature man. Yeah, that didn't happen. But a happy that man happens in the book, but I don't <laughs> understand how or when it just happened. Well, I guess at some point he realized that, like, Darcy and his sister are kind of controlling his entire life. Are being garbage people, Yes. Um, And then instead of, like, throwing Darcy out like he should have, he's just like, it's cool. As long as she says yes to marry me, like, you're forgiven. And, (laughs) but now I'm in charge, bitch. And, (coughs) yeah. I I have two good quotes here about love that this book brought in and I I am not like really a quotation guy in general I used to be as a teen as most (laughs) teens are weren't we all as teens though I feel like I had like 
long collections of the best quotes. Yes. Oh yeah. All over my notebooks. <laughs> uh, my my uh, teenage girlfriend and I would email back and forth with each other, and we were always like. Her especially, she was sending song lyrics to me all the time. Oh, yes. The days of song lyrics. In fact, I think my oh, yeah. Facebook profile still has quotes on it. <laughs> I was going to say, Rip Aim, since it's oh, actually God. being discontinued now. Yes. I got the email about it, and I was like, no, please. Please, it's so no. Sad. The, the, the two quotes are actually, like, right next to each other, and I thought they were both very good uh, at, at actual, like, semi-realistic depictions of love. Of uh, when she, when Elizabeth was asking Darcy, what was the moment that you fell in love with me? Um, and he replies honestly that I cannot fix on the hour or the spot or the look or the words which laid the foundation. It is too long ago. I was in the middle before I knew I had begun. And that's like, you know, I, it's very in my sweet. experience, like the moment you realize you're in love with a person is long after the moment you actually fell in love with that person. Yeah, it is yeah, a very sweet I moment. agree with that. It's that moment of going like, oh shit, I've loved them for a long time. When did that happen? The clueless fountain. Um, but, and this was more, uh, this is kind of more a, kind of actually echoes with uh, Christian Grey and Anastasia. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, That's she not... teased me, saying I had resisted her beauty, and therefore I must have fallen in love with her impertinence. To be sure, you know no actual good of me, but nobody think of that, thinks of that when they fall in love. I'm just like, yeah, you fell in love with my asshole side, but that's all you know about me. I was an asshole to you because you were an asshole to me. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can like that part about me, I think you like the rest of me. I was trying to figure out how long they, I guess they've known each other for a year, but like how much have they actually talked? But then I was like, you know what? Back in that time, they probably actually, this is considered a good bit. You know, they yeah. It seemed like they knew each Chris, other and quite a while yeah. for that time period. <laughs> I think they know each other better than Jane and Bingley do even. Oh, Christian definitely. Anna said about three sentences before he was putting things in her butthole. I mean, she said, hi, my name is Anastasia, and he went, I want you. So, like, yeah. <laughs> I want to slap your smart mouth. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. I can't. That book, I will be forever changed having read that book. And not necessarily for the better. <laughs> Scarred. Very much so. <laughs> Um, so Vicky, what was your book drink for this book? I couldn't come up with a good alcoholic drink, okay, which was what I was thinking first. So I'm just going to say a good afternoon tea. Ooh, I like that. It was proper. It was British. I think it fits. It does. Was it, was it Twinning's English breakfast? Can you have English breakfast at tea time? I don't think I don't so. know. I, think it's a <laughs> I don't think tea. you can. I don't know. I have British friends. I guess I could technically. I'm ask. trying to try the two books together again. <laughs> Damn it! It can be. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! That was her favorite, you know wasn't it? Yes, yes. We will give you that. <laughs> no, we know too much about this now. Oh the God. fact that you remember that. <laughs> well, I, I've had a, I've literally had a box of Twinnings uh, English breakfast sitting on my freaking pantry counter. For the last six months, 
that I didn't notice until I read Grey. <laughs> I like this tea, but I'm never going to drink it again. Okay, as long as you steep it for more than like 10 seconds because she likes her tea weak. <laughs> more than like dunk dunk. Okay. <laughs> like the way she drinks tea is offensive. It's just like, water at that point. It's it, not I like tea. Grey water. Gray water, of course. Oh, you like no. Oh, I hate you so much for that right now. <laughs> BRB, I'm just puking right now. Don't, don't uh. worry. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, what are you guys reading next? Um, I am still actually going through the second book of the Mad Adam trilogy, but once I'm finished with this, I'm actually going to read Pride and Prejudice. Nice. Because this Excellent. this book, like, there was enough humor and enough levity and enough actual romance to make me go, I want to read the source material. <laughs> yeah, I probably will pull out my copy of Pride and Prejudice and give it another shot. Your first edition? Yes, my first edition. Actually, I see my edition right now. It is not a first edition. <laughs> it is very old and dusty, though. You don't have an autographed Jane Austen copy? I do not have an autographed Jane Austen copy. <laughs> my copy is from... 19... Nope, 2000. The year 2000. Vintage. Right? It's also very... An excellent year. <laughs> <laughs> um... What about you, Vicky? What will you be reading next? Well, I am now, as always, on a Star Wars bent. <laughs> so <laughs> I have an excuse right now, though, so I'm trying to make the most of it. Uh, Could so it be the next new movie that's coming I'm out? Rating. Yeah, <laughs> I think it might be soon. Uh, very soon. I'm definitely not counting the days. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, as of day um, of release of this, I have tickets to the IMAX 3D on the 14th, which is four days away from the day of release. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to see it opening night, too. I, I'm very excited. But book-wise, I'm reading this this journey to the last jedi book called the legends of luke skywalker okay and it's a bunch of short stories and they are legends that were being told around the new republic about luke skywalker and they're amazing because they're all like conspiracy theories so there's this one so about how the the first death star never existed and so luke came in and he was like don't worry leia i can make everything go great and give you the best propaganda ever by quote blowing it up <laughs> holy shit that's just, amazing there's all sorts of things there's there's another thing where they talk about how admiral akbar his mouth doesn't really sync up with his voice he must be a puppet like a literal puppet <laughs> <laughs> holy shit it's so, so this, funny this seems to like this seems it's to very... play into the uh that whole like weird scene in that in the in uh, the Force Awakens, of like, oh, all the stories you heard about the Jedi—they're true. And it's like that was yeah. like thirty years ago. How did everybody forget about this? <laughs> yeah, but it's, I guess it's a sort of tied to that. Campaign, that's how, and it's very tongue in cheek. There's part of the thing about how Han and Luke were uh, were showmen was that you know there were all these stories about Han and what a crazy awesome smuggler he was and they were 
playing up what a scoundrel he was. You know, some people say he would just go on in and shoot first in every situation. <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> I love it. That is amazing. <laughs> I need to read this. Yeah, what yeah, is it so... called again? The Legends of Luke Skywalker? The Legends of Luke Skywalker. Okay. Yeah. Going to have to find that's, that. That's awesome that there's this, uh, this like, apocryphal history of Luke Skywalker. Does this tie yeah. into the extended universe, or is it more of, like, the new movies? It's more for the new movies. Okay. Um, yeah. Is, yeah. This, is this, like, modern canon, or is this, like, fanfic? Yeah, no, it's modern canon. And there's also art. Uh, that starts each chapter like full color paged art. That's amazing, and it's it's gorgeous. I really love this book. I'm gonna have I'm to. I'm super this. on board for this. Yeah, this sounds really awesome. I'm going to have so to once again forever for Star Wars. All Star Wars, Wars all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I actually had to remember that I had tickets for it as I almost double booked myself uh, going to Connecticut that day. I was like, oh, yeah, that's oh, right. No. I have 8.30 a.m. tickets, so I'm not going. Oh, right. <laughs> I have 9.33 IMAX tickets. We, you know what? We can we can talk about it in the group chat after we've all watched the movie yes. on Thursday. Uh, no, mine, yes. mine is Saturday. No, this is the next morning. Uh, mine is oh, Saturday. Saturday because oh. um, I have a test. I have a certification test on Friday, so I could not do it Thursday. Good decision. Um, and I can't remember what time uh, what? my test is, but but it was like everything was sold out Friday. So I'm going eight thirty in the morning Saturday. All right. Well, when as soon as you get out of that movie, you can hit up the group chat yes. because we will oh, have yeah. seen it, and I will be dying to talk about it. <laughs> I will have so many opinions by then. <laughs> as long as you haven't seen it twice, like just don't don't it, let me. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think it will be possible for me to get tickets for a second showing. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. My boss wanted to take season. us at work on the Friday, and I was like, good luck with that. If you didn't plan it already, I don't know if that's yeah. going to work out. <laughs> Are either of you going to... It, you're going to IMAX. I'm going to the Draft House. I wanted the cup. You gotta, uh, I'm just I'm, going, I'm going to a normal Battery one. Park. Battery Park has I'm going out to Astoria. good theater. Oh, that's right. Battery Park also has the 40 one. I wonder if they're going to have Star Wars on the 40 theater. The Regal has uh, the 40. I, if, the, if they do, I, I don't have it on 40. I just have it on their 3D IMAX thing. Yeah, I've done Yet. 40 for Fantastic Beast. Still not sure if it's worth it because it's like a $30 ticket. Eesh. So, hmm. um, I, I mean, I was kind of kicking myself that I couldn't I couldn't use my movie pass for this one. Oh, yeah. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> You can use it the second time you see it, though, and there the third and the fourth, right? Yes. So. Well, <laughs> no, just well, technically, just the second. You can only buy one tick, one movie ticket for each movie. Oh. Oh no. Okay. You, you can only know. see each movie once, but still, like that's three hundred and sixty-five movies a year. But they don't release that many. Is the problem? Well, I mean, they don't release that many in theaters. <laughs> um, we live in fucking New York. If you can't find three hundred and sixty-five movies in the city. Listen, I'm very busy. <laughs> <laughs> then nobody can find it. So, but still. No, to, to MoviePass's credit, and again, we're not paid by MoviePass. Yeah, no. I'm not. Definitely. I pay them every month. <laughs> I have yet um, to make the leap and get my MoviePass yet. I don't know what's going uh, on. Yeah, I haven't done it. As long as you see at least, like, for what I'm paying for, as long as I'm seeing at least a movie a month, it's saving me money. Right. And I love the draft house. Um, it's, like, on my way home from work. So, like. The number of times I, I've stopped in. I don't know if the draft house takes it. It does. They have to, yep, right? They do. I've checked. 
Whoa. Oh, yeah. I need to go there. Um, but instead of the $15 I would pay for my movie ticket, now I spend $15 on the large popcorn and drink every time I go to the movie. So Which, it's... no offense, I was going to get it anyways, so like whatever. Yeah. Oh, oh me too. Yeah. So the, my movie pass is basically a 50% off ticket to every movie I go see. Right. Um, but yeah, like it's absolutely worth the money. And for me, it removes the anxiety of like, I can go see anything. It doesn't matter. My ticket is already paid for. This money's already out of my pocket. I can go see anything like, oh, that looks terrible. I'm going to go watch it because I can, because I'm not paying money for it. Screw it. Exactly. And sometimes That's you just want to go sit in a theater. So. Like, I probably would not have watched The Foreigner in theaters. And it was a very good movie. Like, not a movie that I probably would have seen in the theaters. But I really enjoyed it. And my ticket was paid for. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Louie is the person I see using it the most. And seems to be getting... Yeah, Louie yeah. is getting his, his very much value out of that. He's, yeah. <laughs> I think he's seeing a movie a week at least. Yes. Um... But he keeps sending me those recommendos, and I'm very appreciative for that. Yeah, as long as he keeps posting, I get, like, I saw um, Happy Death Day because he said it was amusing. And you know what? It really was. <clears throat> I wish I had hmm. seen that in the theater. I actually missed that, and I missed Jigsaw. It's okay if you didn't, because it's still, it's not, like, something I was like, you know what? I'm really glad I saw that in the big screen. But it is something that I was like, you know what? I'm glad this exists. This was a good movie. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing is, like, I... It's a 10-minute walk to a movie theater for me. I should be seeing them way more often than I do. I need to get back on that. I'm going to fix that. Well, now that you have movie pass, you definitely can. So, um, we're now that we've, like, talked about movie pass, in case you didn't know what movie pass was, it's, like, 10 bucks a month, and you can... I think they are with all major movie theaters, and they and don't sponsor this, so... Any movie that... It, any theater that accepts Discover Card, I believe. Okay, that's good to know. Hmm. Um, I think it's a I think it's a discover card. My wallet's over there. I can't check. Uh, so, where can people find you on the internet if you want them to? Uh, I'm at selfsagx on Twitter and Instagram, and use neither of them often. S e l f s a g a x. But if I have upcoming projects, that's where you'll find me. Uh, because when I do things that I'm proud of, I put them there. Awesome. And Vicky, you are untraceable, right? I am hiding from everyone, I guess. So I do not exist. If, <laughs> if you Google Vicky's name, the first thing you'll find is my wing reviews. Exactly. It's great. She's me. Yeah, especially on the image page. It's it's fantastic. It's always. Holy shit, I'm going to have to look that up. Because yep. mine. Google Vicky Crossan and you'll find chicken wings. That is amazing. Um. <laughs> If you want to read my chicken wing reviews, which will hopefully be forthcoming sometime again in the near future, twenty eighteen is just maxfun.nyc. Uh, you can look at under the features page there. Um, I am still eating chicken wings <laughs> and enjoying them. I'm just not currently reviewing them for the internet. That will come back hopefully sometime this year or next year. It better twenty eighteen. Yes, I'm counting on it. I am too. I am going to be more social in twenty eighteen. Well, and even if it isn't, like, I, I'm just going to start planning more things to, like, go eat chicken wings with friends. I don't care if I have to write about it. I just want it. Like, I love chicken wings, and I love my friends. So there you go. It's always fun eating chicken wings with friends. And we can judge them as a group. I just won't write about it. I'm all for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. 
Um, well, as for this podcast, our next episode is the last one for the year. Um, and instead of making someone panic and read something over Christmas, um, I'm bringing back some past guests to read a book that I picked, uh, which is Vicious by Victoria Schwab, um, who is one of my top two, three favorite authors. Really, I'm just trying to hide the fact that she's probably my favorite. Um, and so that's what we'll be reading next for here. Um, join us in two weeks for that. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at JBC Podcast. Oh, man, I was really doing well from memory. We're on Twitter, too. I can't remember what her... <laughs> I can't remember what any of it is. Um, uh, it's all good if you need to but you know what? and record it later. If you want to go to the website, it's judgingbookcovers.com. All social media is on there. So... <laughs> Thank you guys both again for coming on. Yeah. Thanks I, for having us. It surprised us. me, but I had fun. I'm glad you guys had fun. <laughs> and hopefully we'll have you back on at some point. Too.